right, folks, grab a seat and pour your drink neat as Whiskers and Whiskeys presents Tales of the Trophies, the Big 12's greatest rivalries. It's Mike here with EJ. How's it going, pal? How you doing? Uh, I am doing fine. Not not a not a great football weekend. No, 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 not not really. Um, yeah, I mean, Sparty has uh, you know, some, like firmly planned themselves in the basement of the Big Ten, and then uh, some disappointment after a lot of excitement for the Lions seemed like they were gonna have a thing, have some fun with the whole uh, you know, blue face mask thing that was was Gardner doing that. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, got uh, got got used against them. Hate to see it, but I think yeah. you know at least at least I mean the lines look good. Yeah, you know, like overall, I think there's a lot of reason for optimism there. But yeah, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> in the grand scheme of things, when you go one and one against two playoff teams, one being a defending chap, like you can't be too mad. But at the same time, like very much should have been two and zero, but. Came down to Seattle needed it, Lions wanted it, and there you go. Yep. Well, it's 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 just been kind of a it's been a tough day for me, man. I so EJ EJ had us all over yesterday for a little party for his wife's birthday. Birthday, um, a lot of beers. I, I was I was enjoying the um, Heavy Seas Greater Pumpkin, which is a ten percent uh, bourbon barrel aged uh, pumpkin beer. And then EJ informed me I had a couple of atomic pumpkins uh, from New Belgium left over in his fridge from last fall. So I had to jump out all over those. Um, yeah, but just and then just eating not a lot of good food, oh, like good food. Yes, but like donut holes and beer cheese dip and Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets and wings and mac and cheese and then coming home. And I had a Motor City frozen pizza. And I woke up at five in the morning with like the worst indigestion heartburn. I actually, I thought it was like 3 a.m. It was actually kind of worse. I think that was five in the morning, like cause 3 a.m. You know, I went and I took some Pepto. I kind of like got past it and everything, but like at 5 a.m. It's like, then, you know, I, it took me a little bit to go back to sleep. My daughter was starting to wake up and then, then it was just, you know, a, uh, it was a brutal day because it was also like gray, rainy. It's like 65, you know, so it was just like, I don't know, just I, I'm ready to I wish I wish I had the day off tomorrow. I'll say that. I wish I wish I, I could use a little little reprieve tomorrow. It, today was uh just not not great. Not great. Any little mental health day tomorrow, I think. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But, you know, uh, we fight on. We prevail. Yeah, we got know, a, we got a great t- trophy to talk about this week. We we so. do, but before we get to our trophy, we have some things to catch up on here. So, mm-hmm. would you like to catch up on some positive things or some negative things? I think we spent we spent a couple minutes there really bringing down the listeners. <laughs> like we're both <laughs> we're both on a great spot. Yesterday was a lot of fun. I, 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 oh, I mean, we didn't even talk about you know. The fact that Alabama squeaked one out against South Florida yesterday. Uh, we don't need to talk about that any more than what I just said right there. But um, yeah. Well, but, well, that's that's what I was going to ask you. I get. Well, why don't we do that first then before we recap? Because um, it has been two episodes really where we haven't re- I had a chance to give some current events or things that have happened because we yeah. had to record the last two episodes kind of back to back. So we are now a 
uh, quarter of the way through college football. Um, we will be doing no. uh, a, a more, I know, uh, through the regular season at least, right? 12 games if we're through three. Um, so we uh, told everyone that we will do like a, a revisit of our college football preview halfway through. And then obviously um, once, once we get past the uh, conference championships, we can bring it up again. But um, we won't do as um, an in-depth look at our um, predictions at the beginning because uh, we'll do that in a couple weeks now. But I guess now that we're a quarter of the way through, um, what has surprised you positively, negatively? Like, is there is there one thing that has surprised you that uh, or a team that's been doing really well that surprised you? Um, and then conversely, uh, a team. Um, yeah that yeah. has not performed like you thought they would through the first three weeks. Um, well, I think that the team that has not performed is pretty clearly Alabama, you know, especially like I, I, you know, I keep going back to that middle Tennessee state game, but like they did what they're supposed to do against middle Tennessee state. They just beat the crap out of them and jail Milrow looked really good. And then, you know, we, we saw the Texas game uh, where they just got out physical the entire, like th- that's my biggest problem with, with I think the Alabama team this year's, I expected between, you know, what we were bringing on defense and the offensive line of just pure man meat up front. I expect us to at least out physical teams. I, you know, I, I had, didn't think that the receivers were going to, I was hoping they'd take a jump. I don't think that any of them have really take a jump uh, backfields like running, running backs are fine. Uh, Milrow though, like does not, does not look that good. And then Buckner and Simpson look dreadful as well. Uh, but like the team's just not physical. Like, and that's, uh, that's troubling. Like when they're, the guys just aren't like playing bully ball, joyless murder ball. The fact that that's not being, that's not the brand of football in Tuscaloosa is, uh, is troubling. So I would say that that's definitely the team that, uh, obviously has disappointed me the most. Um, but the surprises, I mean, I think there's the one that everyone's talking about. But yeah. then, like, for me, I think it's, like, kind of maybe not a surprise, but, like, confirmation that, like, Penn State looks really good. You know, like, they they are looking. I, I know we were talking about this yesterday. Like, hours looking really good. I mean, they're, they're great backfield. Like, they, they handled Illinois yesterday, which is, like, uh, Brett Bielman defense is no joke. And they uh they got the job done. What well, was the final? 30 to 7? Was that the final or was it was it 14? 30 to 14. 30 to 13. 13. Okay. Well, they covered they covered 14 and a half. You know, they they got they took care of business. Like it was uh Penn State's been looking pretty good, I think. Now obviously their toughest tests are ahead, but um I am definitely like it's it's good confirmation that like because you never know when you pick Penn State it's like oh boy I, I'm gonna James Franklin's gonna make me regret this but they've been looking pretty good so far. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I mean they they have a very good team, right? They were one of the best, if not the best, defensive team in the Big Ten last year. Um, lost a couple players, but had a couple replacements Returned. ready. Um, returned returned a lot lot. yeah and then the offensive line um, was already a bulldozer and they returned um, a lot of that including a couple thousand yard rushing uh, running backs and one of which was a true freshman last year so Mm -hmm. um, the biggest question was just is is the five-star kid you know ready to play and uh, he has been he's he's looked 
he's looked pretty good for playing yeah. his first three games and playing, um, you know, two power five conferences in our power five opponents, um, in those, uh, two games too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, so I'd say outside of Colorado, um, for the surprising team positively that's played, um, well is Notre Dame has kind yeah. of been intriguing. So you you kind of obviously Hartman goes there. That's mm-hmm. a positive, but they, they don't, and they still don't really have great uh, receivers. You know, their, their number one receiver was their tight end last year who got drafted, mm-hmm. um, have a great running back. Um, and then Marcus Freeman's a defensive coach. So you, you felt like they would be okay on that side of the ball. Um, but just the physicality of them overall, yeah, uh, has been impressive, and now you have Ohio State going to to what, um, what you uh, game days to South be Bend. Week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what? I was I was looking at that line that uh, that that three. Um, that that's 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 something where I, I brought it up to you in our preview on how I think Ohio State's still going to struggle with physical teams, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. including Michigan, Penn State, and then I kind of circled at in South Bend is one, you know, that they could easily walk away three losses in the year. Um, And uh, I think Notre Dame has made me even feel better about that um, now that I've seen them play three games. So, um, you know, the Buckeyes got themselves straight uh, this last week against um, Western Kentucky, but you know, that is what it is. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to know all we need to know about Ohio state this next weekend. And, and I I think, uh, I think they could be, I don't even know if, I guess it'd be upset alert because Notre Dame's ranked pretty high too, but um, yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, they're both top 10. Uh, I mean, rankings, uh, Ohio state six, Notre Dame nine. Uh, yeah. Seven thirty in South Bend on Saturday minus three. Yeah. That's uh that's going to be an interesting one. I might, it's going to be interesting to see how that line moves throughout the week too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got we got a great slate for this week. Yeah. Well, I thought you were going to talk about. I I figured you'd talk about Texas, though. If, if we talk about surprises, that's I'm you not were surprised. Not, you were not surprised at all. But you know, for like, it's the same as Penn State, right? It's the same type of thing. Like you bet on them to be back, and then whether or not they actually do it is another thing. But they didn't. Uh, and then, well, before like you mentioned before Colorado, like obviously everyone's talking about Colorado, but like that scene for the Colorado state game, like little Wayne brought them out of the tunnel. Kawhi Leonard's there. Like the rock is there, you know, um, like the whole thing has just been incredible. And they almost, and they almost lost. I mean, yeah. they got, they were very fortunate to, um, to come away with that, that win. And I'm going to be honest with you, them going to Eugene is another one. That's kind of, uh, yeah, you know, perking up for me because Oregon's looked great. And I mean, mm-hmm. we knew in the pac 12, it wasn't that we didn't like, like any of those teams. They were just very evenly matched, like four to five to six of them. And, um, you know, we're going to start to get a little bit, uh, you know, of separation. Oregon state has to go to the Palouse, um, this next week. It's going to be great. There's actually a lot of PAC 12 games on primetime, like on, on national TV. So, well, everyone, I mean, everyone, uh, was wake up this morning with the same like thing that, you know, we, we enjoy, you know, well, at least I enjoy. And now you're, you're in it like the late night game. Everyone these cause like, Oh God, yeah. how you do it? It's like, brother, just catch a snooze. Just catch a snooze. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Like, don't fight it. Um, Yeah. So I'd say like the, I guess this isn't going to be a big surprise, but 
it was an unknown for me. And now I'm starting to understand. And I mean, not concerned as far as our predictions go, but um, I mean, Georgia, I will say, you know, I was scoreboard watching those first two games playing FCS schools, and yeah. it really took those offenses a while, way yeah. longer than they should have into the first half to start to kind of click. I will even say just kind of click. I mean, I think they yeah. played FCS school and then a Mac school, a bad Mac school. Um, and then, you know, they play South Carolina. And I mean, if that game's in Columbia, they lose. Like, they're, they're oh, very yeah. fortunate that it was at home. But I think it's just it's catching up to them that, you know, you can't just expect to replace 25 pros in two yeah. years. Most of which on defense were like captains and yeah. uh, even all Ivan Austin's like offense last year. I mean, you're losing captains. That's that's tough to replace. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Carson Beck has not looked great. And no. that was a big question mark is, you know, all these a lot of these programs had to replace quarterbacks and some have looked good like we knew and some of them were not going to look good. And. This is one that hasn't. And I now I'm starting to think like, you know, when they have to go on the road, I don't know that they're coming away like if they have to. Well, even you know, Athens, right? Like that's that's not safe by any means anymore, you know, so no, um, I think they're fortunate that they're still in the east and there really yeah. hasn't been a clear cut um team to to really push them this year. But I feel even greater about like you know, them losing in that SEC championship game and uh, then losing cocktail parties could be real. Well, who's, who's going to beat him? I, I like that. Uh, that this, this is, this is a down year for the SEC for sure. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I think, I think we saw yesterday that LSU looks like they're coming to form a little bit. Uh, uh, Bama has major questions, but like Gators, who, uh, you know, obviously handled. Uh, so I think the cocktail party is going to be real interesting this year, but like, it's a down year for the SEC. And it is a up year for everyone else, you know, like uh, I think big 10 looks strong. Big 12 looks really strong. Uh, I may not really strong, but the pack man, they are coming out of nowhere and, and just looking great. Yeah. It's just a shame that they're going to, again, have to beat each other up to get to the end. And that's yeah. going to end up forcing yeah. most of them to not make a, a playoff. Um, but I'm just intrigued here now, like now knowing what we know about Georgia, um, I'm trying to think of where, where a loss can be. Cause it's like, okay, the road games at Auburn. I mean, it's Auburn, right? They're lucky. They have Kentucky Auburn at home stinks, though. at Vanderbilt. Okay. It doesn't count. Um, you know, the, the cocktail parties, neutral site, very lucky. They don't have to go back to Missouri who almost beat them last year. Mm-hmm. Um, home Miss. against Ole Miss at Tennessee, but Tennessee's down and then at Georgia tech. So, I mean, I just think, I don't know that they drop any of these. I mean, maybe Kentucky, if they can figure out what they're doing on offense, um, uh, maybe Georgia, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to do the, the thing Ohio state has done every year for the past couple of years. They're going to look like crap. And then I think that they're going to get together. They're going to figure something like they're going to figure it out. Like maybe not, on offense, they figure it out because, like Beck, I, I just don't think he's he's a guy. But um, I think their defense is good enough to that they'll re- repeat as SEC champs. But it's gonna be a hard road. I mean, really, at, the, at this point with the playoff, it's like there are a lot of teams that could 
I will, you know. I, I will say some of this is still going to get resolved though. And we kind of talked mm-hmm. about it, right? Like mm-hmm. I still don't necessarily, and I don't know if you've looked at the early lines with Florida state at Clemson. Can you guess what the, let's see what, what that early line is. I saw it on ESPN, which is going to be at least, at you know, Clemson? within a point. Yeah. With, which is going to be at least within a point ish of what normal books are. I don't think the regular books had it out yet. I would say probably Seminoles, three Seminoles Seminoles by a field goal uh yeah so that kind of surprised me because the way if you were to talk to someone about Clemson you talk about national or um Florida State you're talking about national championships and then you talk about Clemson and you're like Dabble's gonna get fired so for that to only be a field goal I thought for sure it would be closer to to seven oh well you know me thinking like football wise but Vegas is sharp but I, I I I don't I could very well see them losing that game like we talked about and getting revenge later in the year. Like yeah. we talked about the Pac-12 has to play these play, play each other, the Big 10's best still have to play each other like yeah, I, it'll be an interesting. There doesn't seem to be actually no. It is Florida State minus one and a half is what yeah. is what ESPN has, so it's even less. Yeah. I mean, they're telling you all you need to know that they don't mm-hmm. trust Florida State. Um I don't know, it's interesting. I I really I'm really curious. I don't think there has been. I mean, Texas barely beat Wyoming. <laughs> that was kind of a, a sneaky, yeah. like no one realized it was going on, but it yeah. was, you know, yeah. a three-point game till like the fourth. So yeah. no one's looked like that team, which is interesting. Michigan has not looked great with the three games that they've played um, at all. So I don't know. Or maybe there is that shocker. Maybe it is like a Penn State that just, you know, someone arrives. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, we're going to find out a lot this week. This is a really good, really good slate that we have coming up. What, 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 who, who are we have this? I just had it pulled up. It's like, I'm salivating. So, uh, Ole Miss goes to Bama. Um, Florida State, State Clemson. Clemson, Oklahoma, Cincinnati is an interesting game. Uh, Colorado goes to Oregon, UCLA goes to Utah, which I mean, you, you just one doesn't walk into Rice Eccles and walk out alive. Uh, and I wonder if Cam is Cam gonna be back? He might be, yeah. Well, I mean, his backup's been playing pretty well. Um, let's see, Arkansas goes to LSU, but Arkansas just lost to BYU. the golden boot. Uh, oh, here you go. This is your this is your uh, favorite matchup of all time, Beavers and Cougs. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll be tuning into that. Seven, the eyes of the, na- the all the nation's eyes will be on Ohio State Notre Dame. Someone's uh, if Fox is going to be like, who's the one guy in Washington D.C. watching Oregon State, Washington State? This guy. Yep, yep. And then uh, Iowa, Penn State's also at seven thirty. Yeah. Uh, so North that'll Carolina be, pit. yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Like while I, you know, I, I expect Iowa's offense to struggle shocker. That's going to be a good gauge for Aller. It is at night. It is at home. It's going to be the whiteout. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's a defense, like that's a legit yeah. defense. And so, um, you know, I, I think Iowa could keep that close if they don't turn the ball over on offense. Um, yeah. I think it could be just a disgustingly, um, gross game. If not, if Penn State yeah. goes out there and puts on a whooping, then I think it's time to maybe start thinking yeah. more seriously about their ability to beat Michigan. 
And and any uh, any East Coasters out there who uh, you know enjoyed staying up late to watch a pack game, or well, I mean, I I would highly recommend uh, that tuning in to see uh, Cal and Washington at ten thirty on Saturday because Washington uh, looked really good. These talk about teams that. I mean, not surprising, but I guess they're living up to the expectations because we were both pretty high on Washington. Yeah, yeah. Michael Panix and the Huskies are, are looking real strong right now. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so quickly before we get to the trophy, we have to talk about the last two trophies. So the last two games have been played. Um, so the very first trophy we did uh, this year, the Keg and Nails was not being played this year, but the Bayou Bucket and the Victory Bell did play the last two weeks. And boy were those both electric games. So the Bayou Bucket, will start there. We'll just say Rice finally did it. They finally did it. Houston has really dominated that series. We talked about it. And um, and Rice was actually up big, and Houston came back to force overtime. Um, but Rice pulls it out 43-41 to and double overtime. Uh, and it was just at the very end, Rice was able to hold um, – Houston uh, stopped them on the two point conversion. Um, but I, I remember I didn't get to watch this game, but I was definitely um, tracking it, you know, like score tracking it and was like, Ooh, seeing rice. I know Houston's down a little bit, but still rice going out there, beating a, a big 12 opponent, a big 12 rival. It was uh it was something. Yeah. I, I did not, I did not watch the game, but that was a, uh, I saw the box score. I was like, "Oh, what happened here?" So I, I went back <laughs> and caught some highlights. So yeah, yeah. that was uh, that's good for Rice, man. JT good Daniels, good for JT Daniels. Yeah, you know he's just you know transferred four years to four different schools, five years to five different schools, My whatever word. it is, and you know he he came away with some hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, you know mm-hmm. it, it was a bucket, but you know he still still came away with some. Hell yeah. Um, and then the victory bell this last weekend, the streak has been broken. 16 game losing streak has been broken. Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks beat Cincinnati 31 to 24 in overtime, another overtime game. Um, you know, you just, you, you love to see, um, you know, the underdog there pulling it out and, and getting their hands on that hardware for the first time in almost two decades. Yeah, that was um, that was I, both of these situations are you know where like the underdog came back. You know the the person who's typically not the uh, not the favorite, well at least not recently, favor in this rivalry. Uh, you know comes back and gets the dub. So that's good stuff, man. Like these, uh, hopefully these these rivalry games that we talk about this season continue to live up to the hype. Because uh, I mean it's been great games you know and hopefully you guys have been been able to tune in and watch some of them because i mean these two went to ot who knows who knows what can happen with our with our next robbery here this could go this could be like a five o tier who knows and honestly this game is probably going to be pretty evenly matched and will be played uh this week so let's just get right to it uh we are talking about the iron skillet today what a great name uh, for a trophy, this game is played between Texas Christian University, TCU, uh, the Horn Frogs, and the Southern Methodist University, SMU Mustangs. A little bit of Texas flavor here. Um, so, for trivia, in the spirit of 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 
talking about the iron skillet, I thought we should do some like cooking slash food related trivia. It's just kind of what hit my head um, or, you know, uh, hit me as uh, the perfect theme uh, for trivia this week. So I love it. I mean, are you- I, I'm excited. It, it, I mean, an iron skillet is a perfect name for a trophy based out of Texas, too. I just want yeah. to call that out because like that's, you know. Like there's no other state I would think of. If you ask me what, you know, what state do these teams that play for the iron skill, where they're from Texas, baby, that's just right. It's just cooking beans over an open fire with that mm-hmm. skillet, you know, yeah. that's been around for like a hundred years. That's, yeah. that's, that's what, that's what makes uh, what I think of uh, when I think of that. Um, same, same. All right. So why don't we get to our first question here? How many Michelin star restaurants are in Texas? Is it A, zero, B, one, C, two, or D, three? I'm going to say three. Just I'm going with the most here. I would actually think it was more like you could have put nine and I would have guessed nine because like there's such good food in Texas. Uh, I'm assuming that, you know, there's many, uh, I'm assuming there's as many Michelin star restaurants as possible. So I'm, I'm going to say three. That is incorrect. Um, having after looking Michelin stars are actually very selective. Yeah. Um, so there's zero in Texas. What? And that is more of a product of them not rating Texas restaurants than Texas restaurants not living up to um, the hype. So so surprised. I would have like when I saw the options of zero, one, two, and three, I was like, that's ridiculous. Like that's I, ridiculously low. I had to I had to double check. I don't know. I didn't go too deep into like why. Um, how how you can be Michelin starred, like is yeah. that something you can request if it's et cetera, et cetera. But in, in the United States, because that, that does extend overseas as well, Michelin mm-hmm. stars are in other countries. But uh, there is um, a Michelin star restaurant in New York, Chicago, California, and three cities in Florida, and then Washington, D.C. So it's actually pretty selective. Wow. Okay. I was, I was surprised. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am. I yeah, I would think that's low for the country too, I guess. But well, I guess focus in major metro three in Florida. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. It says three cities, so I, I mean I know Miami's one or two of them. Yeah. Um, or uh I don't know what the other cities. I mean, I'm sure it's probably Tampa and Tampa. Either yeah. Orlando or Jacksonville, but um not sure. Probably Orlando, not Jacksonville. <laughs> I don't think Michelin Star when I think of Jacksonville. <laughs> so um, all right, number two. Which one of these fast food chains were not started in Texas? So three of these were, one of them was not. Is it A, Fuddruckers, B, Jason's Deli, C, Schlotzky's, or D, Burger King? So I've never heard of Schlotzky's. Um, There's quite a few I'll, in Michigan. Oh, well, not, not, I, I've never come across one. Where are they, where are they known for? Um, it's also like a deli. Okay. So I um I watched uh the food that made America episode where it was McDonald's and Burger King. And I was also at the same like the episode that was on before after that was Buffalo Wild Wings and Hooters. And I seem I don't seem to remember any mention of Texas in the mcdonald's burger king one i want to say burger king started in florida 
but I could be conflating that with Hooters from the other episode. But I'm going Burger King just because I, I don't remember that like being mentioned as part of the as part of the the episode. So I'm gonna say D Burger King. And you're correct. There we go. Burger King was started in Jacksonville, Florida. There we go. And is now headquartered in Miami, Florida. So there we go. Okay. Right, nice. right all around. Nice. There we go. All right. Number three. Which one of these gigantic food items is not from Texas? Oh, and I forgot. Shoot, I ran out of time. I was gonna actually put all these pictures in. Oh. Uh, I know. I forgot. Well, I'm I'm like I'm, I'm hungry, but I'm also like <laughs> not hungry. Like I I feel like I could eat right now. Yeah. Like all of this looks delicious, but like I also still feel sick from yesterday. So. Okay. Um, probably a good thing. You're saving me from myself. It, so. the, the, yeah, the pictures looked super delicious when I was looking at them. Um, all right. So which one of these gigantic food items is not from Texas? Is it A, a five-pound cinnamon roll? B, a 12-by-12-inch 12 box-sized donut? C, a 42-inch pizza? And D, a 24-inch cheesesteak? So... So they have Texas cinnamon rolls. Like those are like the, like one of the things you can get like at a gas station. So I think that the, the cinnamon rolls pretty safe. The donut again, uh, I feel like Texas big donuts, like that's something that I've heard of. So I'm going to say that that is a Texas staple. It's the pizza and the cheesesteak that between. I'm going to say. It's probably more likely there's a massive pizza somewhere in Texas as opposed to a massive cheesesteak. So I'm going to say it's the cheesesteak is not from Texas. Oh, well, Mike. Uh, this was a trick question because all of these things are from Texas. Well, I, I mean, when that's, that's, there's no, I, listen. Oh, I have been doing this for three years with you. I had to trip you up at least once. You had to, okay. All right. Well, that's not going against the record. You just had to. Okay. No. All right. Uh, so the five pound cinnamon roll is out of San Antonio, out of Lulu's Bakery and Cafe. Uh, the box size donut is out of Round Rock, which is the suburb of Dallas, I believe. Sorry for you Texans. It's Dallas or Houston. I can't remember. Um, the 42 ounce or 42 ounce, the 42 inch pizza is at Big Lou's Pizza, pizza in San Antonio. And then what was my last one? Cheese it steak. was the cheesesteak. And that is at the Liberty Bell at Fred's downtown in Carrollton. Nice. Okay. Okay. All right. I now I kind of want to visit these places. Like, <laughs> that'd be a hell of a little uh food tour, you know, just yes, checking off each only of those gigantic items. food. Only gigantic food, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, number four. That was I promise you that was the only trick question I had. That's okay, okay. Um, Texas is home to the world's largest what? You knew there's some I had to go something additionally big. Is it yeah. A the world's largest steak? B, the world's largest deli sandwich, C, the world's largest pancake, or D, the world's largest burger? Well, steak feels like it should be the case 
but like also i know i watched like a man versus food or something where there's like a massive steak in like montana um i feel like you know steak it's like very it's like you can't like cobble together different pieces of steak um Burger, I feel like there's probably bigger burgers other places. Uh, same with, and like burgers, like that's so subjective. Um, you know, is it like tall? It, you know, uh, tallest, most, most weight. Uh, deli sandwich, I don't know. I'm gonna say pancake. I, I'm thinking like a big old massive pancake that you need like a, like a shovel to flip. So I'm gonna say <laughs> pancake. Uh, you were correct by eliminating steak and burger. You are incorrect with your choice. It is oh, the deli sandwich, largest wow. deli sandwich. It is eight layers deep, and it includes five meats. Wow, what yeah. what meats do we know? Okay, I would say probably um, salami for sure is on there. Um, let's see, salami, some type of ham, maybe like a capicola. I don't know. I'm thinking like pretty New York too. Uh, it is. Uh, here we go. It's twelve thousand calories. Yes. Um, it is the Zeligbetskis from Kenny and Ziggy's in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, if you finish it all, you get a free cheesesteak or uh, cheese <laughs> cheesecake. Excuse oh, me. Cheese okay. Yeah. Cake. Just what you want after after twelve thousand calorie deli sandwich give me a cheesesteak to wash it down yeah but, uh, oh, uh cheesecake's uh, even worse but yeah let me i'm trying to get to the i don't know if you get to choose i'm on their uh website right now looking at the um the menu which actually sounds good okay here we go it is an eight decker on a special cut rye it is corned Ooh. beef yeah pastrami oh yeah turkey okay roast beef nice Salami. Wow. That's a lot of corned beef, roast beef. Huh. That sounds pretty good, though. Pastrami. Yep. Oh, yeah. That sounds you good. Have, I'd eat that. You have Swiss cheese with coleslaw, Russian dressing, and red sweet pepper. Oh, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Send me that link. <laughs> I want to take a look at that. And I'm going to need some time alone. Uh, camera's off. The camera's off. Um, all right, last question here. And, you know, it's okay for us because I'm from Michigan, you're from Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know if this has ever come up before, but we are a pro pop, not soda podcast here. Pro pop Um, podcast. So which of these famous pops originated in Texas? Is it A, Coca-Cola, B, Pepsi, C, Dr. Pepper, or D, 7-Up? It would be Dr. Pepper. It, you are correct. You knew that right away. Yeah. Do you yeah. know yeah. where in Texas? I, I don't know where, but they actually mentioned that I think on a college game day. Of course they did, because of course they, of course they did. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but uh, no, it, it's uh, yeah, the guys from Dr. Pepper. So, or the guys from Texas, um, Dr. Pepper. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. Um, it was a doctor as well that created Dr. Mm-hmm. Pepper, uh, and it originated out of Waco, Texas. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. So it was the Baylor episode when must be when Baylor was good, and they went there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, most most sodas, um, you know, were created by doctors, pharmacists. You know, like it was very common for you know sodas back when they made them with the syrup, 
and everything like that made them by hand. They were made in, you know, like the whole Tommy drug stores um, is, is, you know, there's a soda found in there too, you know? So uh, yeah, that's, that's a very common thing. So yeah, you did pretty well there. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I got two, what I got Burger King. I got Dr. Pepper. I was, close on the world's largest uh michelin star <sighs> had no idea and then you really i gotta change my view on michigan so and then and then you you screwed me you you, you trapped me on one. yeah so yeah pretty yep. good and that was entrapment that's pretty good <laughs> um all right so let's get back to the trophy here um i i guess i didn't ask you this but i assume you know what the iron skill looks like correct yes yes okay so I'm going to hold off for a second. Uh, let me talk a little bit about the history before you uh, tell our listeners what this thing looks like. Um, so the first matchup between these two schools was in 1915. Uh, TCU won 43 to nothing and TCU won four of the first five meetings. Um, and then after a tie, SMU had won four of the next five meetings. So overall, the series, uh, TCU leads it 52 wins to 42 losses uh, and seven ties. So pretty close. Um, these teams have played all but seven years since their first meeting in 1915. Uh, they did not face each other in 1919, 1920, 1925, 1987, 1988, 2000, and 2020. Um so although they are no longer in the same conference, SMU and TCU have agreed to play each other um, at least through the 2025 season on an alternating home and away basis. Do you know um, why they didn't play in 87, 88? Or are you going to talk about that? Um, I... I'm assuming I know why they didn't play in 87 and 88. I am not going to talk about that, actually. I'm not sure. I assumed it was probably a conference change for one of them. I don't think so. Oh. What do you think I, it is? Uh, I think it's I it, I have to check, but I think that's when uh, SMU got the death penalty. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Pony Express. The Pony Excess. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Excess. Well, I mean, that's the well. Express <laughs> was the official name, right? Yeah. And then the Excess was the uh, the title of the uh, of the documentary, the Thirty for Thirty. But um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, the death penalty was uh. Yes, I, I can I can talk about that here uh, off the top if, uh, if we'd like to. So for those who don't know, I would definitely recommend checking out the Pony Excess 30 for 30. It's very interesting. But, uh, you know, people, college football fans may not realize that SMU actually has quite a history of college football. Uh, you know, they had a lot of success in the past. Uh, but in 19, I'm reading directly from Wikipedia here in 1987, SMU became the first and only football program in collegiate athletic history to receive the death penalty for repeat violation of NCAA rules. So they had their, the program was fully terminated. Uh, let's see. It was due to, um, it was terminated for the 1987 season because the university was making approximately 61 K in booster payments from 85 to 86. They had a slush fund that they used to play pay players from the seventies um, starting in the mid set as early as the mid seventies uh, and athletic officials knew about it as early as 81. Uh, so yeah, they ceased football operations 
in 87 and then 88. So that's nothing. They did not play football in 1987. They, uh, all their coaching staff was fired. Um, they couldn't recruit. So basically like it, it killed the program. And when the whole, um, you know, Joe Paterno thing happened at Penn state, well, Jerry Sandusky, Joe Paterno, when that happened at Penn state, that many people wondered like, what would, would Penn state be the second program ever to get the death penalty? But I, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see another program get that because we saw what did to SMU. Like they just completely, you know, had to start from the ground up again. Like you, you just got to start over from scratch. And uh, it's affected them, you know, really to this day. I mean, they're still not back to what they were uh, in the 70s and the early 80s. So, so yeah. No, and now you have like, you know, whoever was a part of that, you know, pay to play system is probably sitting here like, thank you. Like, you know, you're finally in a spot where that's not even a thing. You know, you've had all these scandals with all of these coaches over the years. And that's what that was the, the dagger um, to kill a program was paying yeah. players to come to your school. You know, they could be way worse. You could be, it, you know, getting it, some ladies of the night or various other things. For for reference, how good was SMU right before the death penalty? SMU posted a 49-9-1 and record from 1980 to 1984, which is the highest win percentage in Division One a over that span. So that's how good we're talking about. This is like if you, you know killed an elite program for a year so yeah that's that's crazy um so they did not so they've played all but those seven years uh they're signed currently through 2025 although tcu is going to pause the series after 2025 um likely just because of realignment um within the conferences and not knowing um, how many conference games are going to be played in non-conference and what to do there. Um, so it's not clear whether the series will be renewed, but um, hopefully it will be. So why don't you tell everyone what this bad boy looks like? Yeah. So, Oh, we're going to have to talk about that one picture, that black and white. Cause that's one thing I was going to, I was curious about. So, so the skillet, just looks like a massive iron skill. Like you would see at your grandma's house when she's cooking, you know, Lord knows what it's a massive, massive iron skillet. Um, and there is a plaque in the center of the skillet. I cannot read out. Oh, wait, here we go. There's a silver plaque in the center. Wow. It's, it's really aged. Um, uh, it's right in the center of the skillet and it says the skillet, SMU versus TCU, a tradition since 1915. I love that. That's simple. That's understated. Um, that's great. And yeah, it's it, it doesn't look like the uh I mean the skill's definitely got some rust on it, you know, as an iron skill. I'm sure they're not aging this thing and uh, <laughs> you know, taking all the appropriate care with is is as you know you're supposed to with the cast iron skill up. But yeah, it is just a big old uh cast iron skill, probably what was that, like a 12-inch skillet? something like that yeah about that yeah yeah now ej what's this picture of the uh of the gentleman uh the black and white photo here because that skillet that they have does not look like the cast iron the iron skillet as we know it today uh which is something i was gonna i was curious about like is this the same skillet right um so like any good rivalry the history of this trophy it's a bit murky 
And apparently there are two versions of how the iron skillet came to be. So let's just start at one side and see if it makes sense. And then we can talk about the others, but um, yes, it is a bit of a confusing story. Like a lot of these have been, but um, so we'll start at the beginning. A fire in 1910 destroyed the TCU campus. Uh, and the university wow. was relocated to Fort Worth. Um, oh, it, it really destroyed the campus. Okay. Yes. Um, and ironically, Dallas uh, bid to be the home of TCU uh, to pair with its newly charted uh, Southern Methodist University uh, in 1911. Uh, ultimately, Fort Worth offered more um, and then um, just offered more in terms of money, in terms of space. Um, and there is actually, um, only 35 miles to that separates the two schools. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's Mm -hmm. really near, um, being an inner city, uh, rivalry, um, but Mm -hmm. it's really an inner metropolitan. Yeah. Yeah, More of a cross town robbery. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that is what it is. So here's where the stories really differ. So TCU and SMU fans, um, say the tradition began back in 1946 so during some pregame festivities an smu fan was frying frog legs as a joke before the game um and a tcu fan seeing this desecration of the frog went over and told him that eating the frog legs was going well beyond the rivalry and that they should let the game decide who would get the skillet and the frog legs so right. SMU won the game and the skillet and the frog legs went to SMU um, and the tradition eventually spilled over into an actual game and the iron skillet, you know, was, um, was given to the winner from there on in. Huh. Okay. That, uh, that's fun. Th- that seems a little like folk talesy ish, you know, yes. that's, uh, I like and- that. And that's where that maybe middle picture looks like that actually looks like a skillet that a kid could have had in, you know, in the parking lot cooking up some frog legs. Yeah. It's a much smaller skillet. It actually doesn't look cast iron. It looks just like a, maybe a stainless steel type of skillet or something, but uh, yeah, that that looks like it cooks, cooked, uh, cooked some frog legs for sure. Yeah. Um, so then an article from the TCU magazine tells a story as the first battle of the iron skillet again, at, at a, they both agree with the time 1946. Um, and it was apparently weeks prior to the game that the SMU student council proposed the idea of a trophy to the winning um, team. TCU accepted the idea and the two schools governing bodies met in Dallas to set up the rules of the traveling trophy, which became the iron skillet. Um, but in this case, it still says the iron, the mystery, um, there is mystery on why an iron skillet. Um, and then even in this magazine, uh, they say the rumor still referenced the SMU fans, um, frying frog legs, um, as, as the, as the story on how it became an iron skillet. So fried frog legs is still, is it the heart of this, no matter what, whether it was yes. yeah, just some random dudes in the parking lot tailgating or whether yes. it was, you know, uh, the student body setting it up. There was SMU fans were frying up frog legs and caused this whole trophy to come into existence. Uh, apparently so. They're just, I they're, love it. There just wasn't, there isn't enough um, 
like written history on it. It's just kind of one of those things where the schools just were like, I guess we're going to pass around the skillet from now on. Like, <laughs> it's just like, no one has this definitive, like they know when it started, but they don't yeah. know really why. And then it just was like, uh, I guess we should just continue to do this, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um, so I will talk about one of the famous games. Um, it is considered the game of the century. So in 1935, TCU was undefeated, as was SMU, when they battled in what is called the game of the century with a chance to go to the Rose Bowl. And SMU went on to win and went to the Rose Bowl where they lost to Stanford. Uh, the Frogs were sent to the Sugar Bowl and beat the more highly regarded Carnegie Tech, which is now Carnegie Are Mellon. You Mellon? All right. Yes, I know. And I mean, unfortunately, that's it. Uh, wow. History. It was really hard to find history on this iron skillet. I just, it sounds like they, no one's really dug deep. It's just, it is what uh -huh. it is. We're yeah. happy. We love it. And there's no reason to dig any deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we just talk about our rankings here? Yeah. Um, so just yeah. to remind everyone, we rank um, the trophy on its looks and history, uh, the rivalry on um, its competitiveness, the um, the overall what we feel like the vitriol, like the rivalry itself. Um, and then we give it uh, a ranking on either if it's a low tier, medium or high. So, Mike, why don't you tell us what do you think for looks? Gosh, you know, I mean, it's so simple. It's so simple and simplistic. And at the end of the day, like even the 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 plaque itself is very simple, right? You know, it's uh, I mean, it's easy to say, like you know, when you look at the victory belt from last week, like are there ways to gussy this up? Sure, but at the end of the day, that's not what we're talking about here. Like it's we're making it. This is a very simple, common object that we've turned into a trophy and assigned a lot of value to. And I love that. I love that. So I do think looking at my rankings from the last two weeks, it's probably hard for me to, you know, give it a five, but I'm going to give it a 4.5. Um, history. So there's a lack of history. I like the reason though. I like the, the fact that like, these SMU fans were frying up frog legs and like, you know, the TCU fans took umbrage with it and they're like, Hey, all right. Skillet sounds good. I mean, it clearly made, meant something to the team. So like whether it's, whether it's the first version or the second version of the history, I mean, both are, are good and stuck with it. So, I mean, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say a three, put it right in the middle there because I, what, what I'd like to see more, I feel like the fact that they were using a skill at the fraud, the frog legs, I, I like that. Like that seems to be the un, undisputed portion of this. And I like it. And and that together, I think that together, the fact that like this was something they were cooking, just using to cook up frog legs. And then it became a symbol of the rivalry. Those things together work from, especially with the trophy being very understated and simple. That works for me. Uh, the rivalry itself. Let's see. Um, yeah, close rivalry, 52, 42, and seven. Um, you know, two two historically definitely um strong teams. I'm gonna say 
I like where these teams are heading in the future too. Like, especially if, if SMU, so like if this game was played and SMU wore those big D jerseys that have like the D on the helmet and yeah. TCU just wore whatever they want to wear, like that's going to be a great fit game and like probably a good game. So I'm going to say a three and a half, uh, and competitiveness, um, uh, yeah, competitiveness, probably a four, um, you know, they, they it's, it's hotly contested. I think SMU is getting better. I think TCU is going to continue to be on the national stage. So I, I think this is always going to be one of those games that like TCU is going to have to watch out for. Um, so yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's definitely a top tier trophy for me. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it quite a bit, AJ. How about you? So I think we're very similar. Um, okay. So I think for, for yeah. So I think for looks, I'm I'm with you. I don't think I can give it a five, although I do appreciate its uniqueness because it's a skillet and <laughs> no other schools play for uh you know kitchen utensil. Yeah. Um. And so I love that. I love the simplicity of the plaque as well. Um, I am usually a fan of having like the, the scores and everything, but for this one, it just, it doesn't bother me it that it's wrong. not there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's fine. So I'm going to go four and a half as well. Um, the history of the trophy. Um, I, I love how old it is. Um, you know, over 60 years old now, what, 70 years old, almost 80. Is that how math works? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So uh, I love that part about it. And then, I mean, the frog legs is just hilarious that they can't n- like <laughs> nail down why, but that was their best guess based on rumors. And mm-hmm. that's fine. I hope it's not anything else. Yeah. Um, I don't even want them to uncover the truth if the no. truth isn't that. Yeah. So the rivalry, I just actually. Wait, what, just... Was, what was your history ranking? Oh, yeah. you're right. I didn't even give you a history <laughs> ranking. Um, give, give, give me a number. I'm going to go with, I just wish there was more, but then that's, that's why don't. I t- took it to three is because I felt like there wasn't, if there, if there was more, just give me, give me, you know, did an SMU fan hit a TCU fan with a frying pan or like, <laughs> you know, what, how many times has this trophy been stolen? You know, like yeah. something like that, you know, I'm going to go three and a half. Okay. Um. So the rivalry itself um, I think being, uh, this is also another one that I feel a little bit ignorant towards, but I did just Google as you were giving yours and the Dallas morning news, which should know, um, you know, uh, both these schools. Well, um, it seems to be pretty consensus that they are each other's top rivals. So oh. I, it might not be. Yeah. So it might oh. not be one that's maybe talked about a ton, but I think two Christian schools in Dallas, Fort Worth. I mean, essentially, right? Like, yeah, you have one in Dallas, one in Fort Worth, 35 miles away. Well, they, Um, and they consider that area like the, like Dallas, Fort Worth, Dallas, Fort Worth. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. It's the same metropolitan area. So, um, yeah. So I did just do a quick check because sometimes you'll have, you know, one school, it'll be the number one rival in the other school. It's not always that, but it's still a top one. It appears um, on both sides that uh, even for TCU, in this case, the bigger school after the death penalty um, also sees TCU or excuse me, SMU as the top rival, even uh, looked like Baylor was kind of second for TCU in that case. But 
Um, yeah, so it looks like uh, they are top rivals. I got to believe being that close and in the same metropolitan area that it would be the case. Um, so I'm going to go with a four there, but it yeah. could very well be higher if we had no, if we knew more information. I feel like that factoid makes me want to bump mine up from 3.5 to four. Like that means a lot. Yeah, do it. Uh, yeah, I think I will. Okay. That That means a lot. When you're not in the same conference and you consider that your main rival, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's a lot. Yep. Um, and you know when you play for that long too, that's the thing. They've played yeah. each other like like you said, you're non-conference and still finding ways to play for um, over a hundred years. You know, minus a few years. That's that's something. Um, yeah. And then the competitiveness, it, it's it's a four and a half. It's it's about as close as you can get, which is pretty surprising again, considering that SMU after that death penalty really um it was really tough for them to bounce back. And even TCU hasn't been great until recently. So mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but it, the, they're they're pretty close, right? It's like a 10, 10 game gap or whatever. So yeah. um so I'll go about a, a four and a half there. And overall, yeah, it's a top tier. I mean, this is one of when you tell me college football trophies before we started doing this podcast. Uh, obviously I knew the majority of the ones I knew were from the big 10 just cause I've had exposure to them, but that's one of the few along with like the, um, jeweled. Yeah. Not bedazzled. I was gonna say the bedazzled shillelagh, uh, the jeweled shillelagh. Um, and <laughs> you know, a, as some of the ones outside of the big 10 that I had heard of and the, you know, the iron skillet is, is yeah. the other one that, that, you know, I've heard of. So, yeah, so I've got to um got to put that in a top tier. Yeah, love it. So then what I I have to ask, neither of us put it as a 5. What make what would make it a 5? And looks, we'll just say like looks. What would make it a 5? I feel like the one reason I didn't make it a 5 is just cuz it's like like looking at the other trophies and the scores that I gave, I felt like I couldn't do it, but like I mean, we talked, we both talked about this. I don't know why it would change. Like, I'm thinking, like, uh, what if you paint it? I don't want to paint it. Uh, what if you, you know, add, um, you know, another plaque with like the scores? I don't want to do that. I like the simple simplistic plaque that they have now. Um, I have an answer. Go, go ahead. Everything is bigger in Texas. That's right. Give me an oversized, a bigger skillet. skillet. Just yes. make the skillet something bigger. that's nonsensical yeah. making, yeah. right? And and I I love that it started as probably practically an actual skillet, yeah. And then I would be okay making it bigger, or I don't know how yes. you could potentially maybe do that without replacing it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Adding metal to it. I'm not a. No, I, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, like based on that one picture you showed me, it doesn't look like this is the original skill. Yeah. So like, I mean, I am totally okay with a massive skill. I actually love that. Yeah. yeah just something ridiculous. Where oh, it, it, okay. It, it takes no. two people to hold it. Yeah. And, and it just looks nonsensical. That's yeah. That, I, I'd be all in. What if you got Lulu's? to build or to make a <laughs> cinnamon roll and then you serve up yeah. the trophy with cinnamon roll in it and everyone's just grabbing out you like know, a grabbing bowl game you know yes 
Oh my like god! The stickiest catcher, yes. the, the sweetest player of the game, or something yes. like that. You could even and have like an MVP. Just into it, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, the there sweetest player. Yeah, and and they get to. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's how we can improve it. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like, you know, even if you did like chalk marks on the bottom or something for like, you know, t- like t- uh, like TCU and like like tallies, you know, yeah. like that could be interesting. But like, it t- just takes away from it. So. Yeah. Um, and no, I don't think I, you want to like go that. down like the path of like, you know, eating frog legs or eating like horse. So no, I don't think you want to no, take, take, <laughs> take it that far. Lean times if you have to, <laughs> to, to shoot a Mustang and uh, uh, right up. So uh, no. Yeah. I mean, well, frog legs are good, but like then that's only like one side of the rivalry. Right. right. So uh, yeah, I think I think that would that would be cool if they if they did it huge like get Lulu's to put one of those five pound cinnamon rolls in it and like bake it like that's even something you see like in the game like you know okay we're at uh we're at the start of third quarter here looks like uh Lulu's are going to be putting the iron skillet into the oven here uh let's hope we all run to overtime because then the uh it's going to be it's going to be too cold you know you're not going to want to oh, well I guess cinnamon rolls cold or are, are fine but still uh yeah all right I like that I like that EJ that's 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 good that's that's thinking right there. Yeah, yeah, that 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 just subtle. I I'm okay with it representing this rivalry. I'm 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 fine with that. But yeah, give give me give me a give me a little give me a little yeah. bit more of a girth, some size. Yeah, yeah um, I like it. Okay, so this game will be played this week. Um, it is going to be on FS1 at noon, noon kickoff. Um, so the game is going to be played. Uh. in fort worth so at uh tcu's stadium um so what are your predictions and just give you a heads up it looks like according to caesar's sports book the line is minus six for tcu so just yeah i think i think it's gonna be a good game uh you know um tcu is definitely not as strong as they were last year um SMU's pretty competitive squad that they've been f- fielding for the past couple of years. Um you said TCU minus six. Mm-hmm. So tough. Because like <gasps> give me the Mustangs. I think I think SMU covers. Maybe not so- win, but I think they'll I think they'll cover. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, Preston Stone is the quarterback for SMU, um, a name that I've heard a few times. A sophomore, he's been slinging it. He's pretty athletic as well. Um, he's exciting. He's worth watching the game um, if if you're not super interested. It's tough. It's it's a really great slate, um, great board this, this week. Uh, but this is a game worth your time, and I think it's going to be very, very close. I agree. I don't know if necessar- necessarily they'll go in and win that game, but I think they'll cover, and I expect uh, Preston Stone to have a big game. So yeah, we're going to go with the, the Mustangs here. All right. I like it. I like yeah that that should be a game where if it's if it goes the way I'm thinking it will be exciting down to the last possession it'll definitely be you know team has a chance to win it with the ball in their hands at the end of the game. So, I mean, can yeah. we go three? Can we go three for That's three? That's what I'm thinking, man. I'm thinking like... there might be another overtime here. <laughs> in which case, that makes the that makes the six super difficult, right? Because if you yeah. get to if you know, well, I guess now if you get past second overtime, then it's just doing two point conversions. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. So then, yeah, you really want SMU because then they'd cover it no matter what. So yeah, sounds good. So book it. Book, book the it. Mustangs. Um, and that's going to do it for us this week. So follow us on Instagram at whiskers.whiskies and please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, don't forget to check out our Saturday morning pick em posts. Um, I, I know Mike, you're, you're not worried, but, uh, looking back at the most recent, um, standings, you, you might, you might need to at least maybe consider being concerned a bit. We're a quarter no, of the way through. No, I'm good. I'm good. I went six and five this week and the game, but I put the most units on games that I want. So I am, I am, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm starting to figure things out. It was a rough, don't get me wrong. First two weeks were very bad, very, very bad. But I feel like we're getting di- now. I directionally, we're we're getting there. We're making things happen. So um, so it's 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 not too late if you if you want to join. Uh we are three weeks in. Um you can with with especially with our risk it for the biscuit bet, uh you can make up some some ground if uh if you want to join us if you have not done so already. Um, so also please check out our new website, whiskerswhiskies.com, and that's where our college football preview bracket is located and also our ultimate sports travel log. Uh, so join us next week when we talk about the Indian war drum. For Mike, I'm EJ. Always remember, too much of anything is bad, but too much good whiskey is barely enough. Cheers, boys. Cheers.